Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories, and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being here with us today. I so appreciate you. I'm so grateful for every day that we get to be able to come together and learn things to grow together as thriving entrepreneurs. I'm looking so forward to our time together and I'm looking forward to our summit that is the 8th, 9th, and 10th. Uh, check out our uh, website for more information on that. That's of course wehelpyouthrive.com. Um, I would love to have you there. But even if all we're doing is just connecting here together on the radio. I am just so grateful for it. I want more than anything for you to know that I appreciate you because you have a powerful purpose. And yes, you can do it. You absolutely have the capability to be able to move mountains, to do incredible things that at this point, maybe you even question in your own mind whether you can do. And I'm here today with three amazing guests to help you be able to see just exactly how you can do it. Absolutely, yes, you can. I want you to see the power in your purpose and really live powerfully as a thriving entrepreneur. We've got a jam-packed show again today, and so we're going to jump right into our first guest and bring to you an amazing author with a great, amazing international best-selling book and talk to you about how you can do it and how you can thrive. Join me in welcoming Teresa Harrison. Hey, Teresa, how are you doing today? I am doing great, Steve. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Happy Wednesday. It's a hump day, if you will, and we've made it halfway through the week. We have an exciting book to introduce today, Yes, You Are Able by Teresa Harrison. Teresa, first tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I was born and raised in Baltimore. I live in the western part of Maryland. I'm a business owner. I'm a game changer. I am someone who believes I can do anything and that I'm able. I'm a recent cancer survivor, and I've been married a long time now. I've been married 38 years, and we have two adult children, um, and I am very active in my community. Do you have grandkids? Because grandkids are the best. You know what? We have one granddaughter, she's 10 years old, and Cohen is the most exciting person in our lives. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, it almost makes the kids worth it just to get to be able to have the grandkids, right? That, hey, it's a different type of love and we are loving it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so tell us about the book, Yes, You Are Able. Um, tell us what inspired that and what it's about. You know, I've been saying for 20 years, actually I've had on my bio for 20 years, soon to be author. And it's taken me 20 years because I finally got clarity of what to write about. So I am an author. I'm an example of the fact that you can have dreams and goals and don't have, don't discard them, keep them. And yes, you are able. I take the reader on a journey to reach their highest peaks and summits achieving their biggest goals and dreams. As a wife, a mother, an entrepreneur, a cancer survivor, a speaker, and much, much more, I open my heart to my life and share the tips and tricks that helped me reach heights that most people didn't think were reachable for me, but I always knew I was able and it was reachable. So I got the reader through the twists and turns and the detours 
of the path you might take and offer a perspective that led to my success in hopes of pushing the reader to their limits further than they were aware that they could go. And it's a reminder of no matter where you are or where you've gone, there's no limit on where you can go. That's yes, you are able. And of course, a person needs to read the book to uh, to get all of the tips and tricks. But much like asking you which of your kids is your favorite, I'm going to give you the hard question. Uh oh, uh, what's your favorite part of the book? Oh, that's really a hard question. Um, and there's not one favorite part, but I will pick one. Uh, my favorite part of the book is um, picking your squad. It's an interesting part that a lot of people don't think about. Um, picking your squad talks about not everyone can be at the table with you all the time. That some people will be in your squad for a particular period of time for a particular purpose. Some people will be there your entire life like my mother. Some people you have to remove for various reasons. Um, and it could be as simple as they don't understand where you're going. So you have to be intentional about your squad, the people that's in your inner circle, the people that will be truthful to you about any and everything, and they know you well. The squad I have around me today is not the same squad I had 20 years ago. There are a few people who are, but there are many who aren't. And I had to learn that living life and helping me to focus on reaching my goals. It's a tough thing, you know, because people are so, uh, you know, special to us. How do you identify and then release people that aren't serving you? And keep in mind, you're not releasing them from your life. You're just releasing them from being a part of you working towards your next vision, your next dream or goal. They're not being discarded. They are important to you. But what you'll learn in Yes, You Are Able is that there are things that you need that some people can't provide. And it's okay because none of us can provide everything. But the whole goal here is that you are able, you know that you're able, and you have control of working towards what you want. You mentioned both on the cover of the book as well as in the description, uh, being a cancer survivor. I'm sure that going through that really solidified some of the uh, what's important and what isn't important in life things for you. Oh, my goodness. Um, cancer is something that no one should have to go through, number one. Um, number two, when you go through cancer, you can never come out the same way you were when you went in. But what cancer did provide is the fact that in life, we never know when our time will end and why not go for everything that you want to do. It provided a lot of clarity. It provided a lot of motivation. So it's not all bad. It was a horrible three years but it's not all bad. And it said to me that if I could get through this most aggressive form of breast cancer, I'm able to do anything. There is nothing that will stand in my way. And so um, I don't talk about cancer in detail in the book, but it is one of the challenges. It is one of the mountains that I had to climb and regardless of what mountain you face, you're able to overcome it. Mm, that's good. What do you say to the person 
um, and I think we all have this at different points in our life, but when the person says, but Teresa, you don't understand what I've been through or what I'm going through right now, what, what do you say to them? You know, a lot of times we allow that to get us stuck and not move forward. Um, I say to that person that that's just a period of preparation for you to reach the summit that you can reach. There are times where we are not ready for the next um, climb yet. We have, we have to get prepared for it. I say don't get, give up, don't give in, because your breakthrough could be tomorrow. So when you tell somebody that's not ready, do you still tell them, but yes, you are able? Absolutely. Not being ready sometimes is a, a constraint we put on ourselves. It's not necessarily that you're not ready. Sometimes it's because you're scared. You're afraid. You know you're close, but you need that gentle push to go and get there where you are. But there is no such thing as not being able. There is a lot of um, self-constraints. There are lots of reasons of why you won't do it or think you can't do it, but you are ready. I love that. So for the person that's just listening today, what's something that they could do right now today to embrace being able and make a first step? You know, let me say this. There is nothing extraordinary about me. I am an ordinary person. I did not have golden handcuffs. I did not have a silver spoon. I did not have anything that if you look at me on paper that will propel me to where I am. And I say to everyone, don't limit your goals and dreams. There is nothing there that can stop you if it's what you want if you're willing to work at it, if you're willing to just sit down with me in my book and let's talk about it. I am talking you through it and you will get there. And it's a, a nice short read. So, you know, you can get through it quickly and come out with some really actionable stuff. Yes, um, I did not want it to be a reference book. I didn't want it to be overwhelming. And I didn't want it to be um, just another textbook. I wanted it to be personable, which is why I made it a quick, easy read. I used the stories of my life. Every story in there, every analogy in there is a true analogy of my life. I'm saying to everyone, yes, I started a business from scratch. And it became a multi-million dollar business. And I started another one. I've started businesses. I've grown them. I've sold businesses. I also got cancer. I am no different from anyone else. You will hear some funny stories about things that I've done and things that I know you can relate to, but it doesn't detract me and hopefully the reader from being focused on and obtaining their goals. So for the person that wants to go deeper with you, how can they get in contact with you? Oh, they can contact me via my website, which is www.thgives.com. That's thgives.com or my email, Teresa at thgives.com. I do respond to every email received. And that's Teresa, spelled T-H-E-R-E-S-A. I know there's some people that don't have the H, but you do. Um, and it's thgives.com is your website. Absolutely. And feel free to Google me. My name will come up, Teresa Harrison of Yes, You Are Able, um, thgives.com. Um, justakindnote.com and my company. And, and let me talk a little bit about my company, George Street Services. 
This is an example of Yes, You Are Able. George Street Services is named after the street I grew up on in Baltimore. The neighborhood and the people were so impactful that as a little girl, they told me and everyone in the neighborhood that we're able to do whatever. We decide whether or not we believe it. So George Street is a technology cybersecurity company. Who knew? I did because I knew I was able. So what, um, what words of motivation, what parting uh, word can you give to the people listening today? You know, I recommend all the time that we celebrate every accomplishment. Part of continuing to put one step in front of the other is feeling that you've accomplished something. If you were to start writing a book and you wrote an outline, celebrate it. It launches you to want to do more. If you were to start a company and all you've done is registered it so far, celebrate it. It launches you to want to do more. If you want to be an engineer and you have just enrolled in school, you got accepted, celebrate it. It launches you to want to do more. With each launch, it is towards you reaching a goal. And keep in mind, you are definitely able. Use me as your example. Reach out to me if you need motivation, but get my book. It's a short, easy read, and I guarantee you, you will not put the book down until you finish. The book is called Yes, You Are Able. I did just put the link in for those of you that didn't see it in the description. It's in the comments as well, and I do encourage you. You can, in fact, get the book for free today. Um, the ebook version, um, but uh, you know, so go get the book. Teresa, thank you so much for spending some time with us here on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Have a good day, and remember, yes, you are able. I hope that is another book you'll add to your playlist. That you'll get it. It's an easy, short read, easy to get through, and it absolutely will help you up level as we all move together on this journey to thriving. As a thriving entrepreneur, we're going to take our first commercial break and then we will be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet, kind of feeling go to yourbestsellertoday.com schedule a talk with steve it's risk-free it's guaranteed it's proven we've done it thousands of times what are you waiting for yes yourbestsellertoday.com this time next week you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve reach the people that you came to serve come on now what are you waiting for grab a pen here we go all you got to do is book a call yourbestsellertoday.com go to yourbestsellertoday.com Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. I want you to know, yes, you can. And now let's talk about the powerful purpose that's inside of you and how you can make that come to light and be a thriving entrepreneur. Join me in welcoming Sean Chung. How are you doing today, Sean? Good. Thank you so much for having me, Steve. And just for yeah. everybody who might not know me yet, it's Xian Chuan. Xian Chuan. Yeah, I knew I was going to mess your name up. I'm sorry. <laughs> no problem. It's kind of a drinking game for the show is how many times can Steve mess up your name? <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. So tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. 
Oh, thank you for that question. Um, a little bit about me. I've been a practicing coach, facilitator, and trainer for the last 10 or so years. And I've, uh, I'm based out of Seattle, Washington. Um, and I've gone to a point in my life where I've accumulated a lot of international experiences. I've lived in different cities, you know, from LA to New York and Shanghai and Singapore, now Seattle, that I really wanted to compile my experiences into one place to say, how can I better serve the world? And in a time when so many of their systems are seemingly broken and a lot of people are just frustrated and just exhausted and fatigued by all of the disruptions and chaos going around, I really wanted to craft this book as a guide for leaders who are looking to reset, to keep going and to feel like they have support behind their journey. So here I am. Perfect. And the book is called Power Your Purpose, A Leader's Guide to Create a Better Life and a Better World. Um, and it's available today. We'll put the link in if you didn't read it in the description, but let's talk a little bit about it. How do we power our purpose? Yeah, thanks, Steve. The first question is asking, what is it that you really want? And I found that, especially during this pandemic, it's given more people time off and to think and to really reset what their direction is. So a lot of people are realizing, for example, that maybe they're not suited for a nine to five job or maybe they want to work from home and work remotely. People are asking for a lot more flexibility and finding that the old models of how we live and work no longer fit and suit our lives. And that they're finding that this burnout culture and productivity obsessed, speed obsessed culture is bringing us all to the brink of wanting something different. You know, maybe we don't want to constantly feel like we're giving 200% and not getting the same in return. So finding our purpose is finding a system that works for you where you feel as you are working to improve the systems by which we run whatever area or industry you work in, you have an internal system that can continuously refuel you and enable you to reach your goals. So in that instance, an example might be you're working hard to um, improve more innovative ways of in improving our healthcare system, or it might be in tech, right? Or providing more services to your clients and customers. So an example might be your purpose is how can you live a mission and vision where the system by which you run enables you to keep going? And so for many of us, it might look like, well, we're caught up in stories around having to be overworked and overburdened and constantly surviving. And it's easy to sometimes get used to these storylines and beliefs that we've been bought into that we find that even if there's not a lot going on, we don't know how to hit the stop button. Or when we've hit the stop button, we're not really sure how we want our, our lives and our work to, to look anymore, right? One, what no longer works for us, a lot of us are considering what will work for us. Can I really do this? What do I want? Is this what I, what I really want? And how will people perceive me if I were to make this shift? So the word purpose is quite powerful and all encompass, 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 I can't even say this word. It just includes a lot of different things. Um, but at the end of the day, it's understanding and getting really clear and quiet with the voice inside of you that knows what it wants, has questions, and that you're willing to create that space to address those concerns and to figure out a better path forward. So when we think about leadership books, usually they're talking about hard charging, you know, and really aggressive kind of things. Um, and you're taking kind of the opposite tact of, you know, why don't you sit down, be quiet, and, uh, you know, go internal. Is that, is that a fair assessment? That's a completely fair assessment, Steve. What we're finding in this world is that the old paradigms on which our businesses have been run, which is very masculine driven and being productive and fast and efficient, is losing the humanistic approach and component of having compassion for ourselves and others, of being able to sit back and be reflective so that we can be less reactive and more proactive in the decisions that we make. It's about allowing leaders to know when to step back and to observe rather than being judgmental and always having to be um, 
on a very aggressive forefront. So a lot of the tools that I provided in this book allow leaders to live and lead with more balance in a way that they can feel proud of the achievements and how they run their teams and achieve their goals, but to know that they can also do this in a very humble, honest, and transparent way that allows other people to grow with them, that allows them to not always have to take the first you know, front seat and to um, take charge and, and to feel like the entire world is sitting on their shoulders. So, I mean, if you're a new leader, if you just newly got, uh, you know, promoted or uh, you started your own business, um, it's easier. I'm not going to use easy, but easier to adopt this. But what if you've been doing it for a while the old way? How do you make that shift? That's a good question. I share that in section three of my book. And they can do nothing at all and see what happens. I have a chapter that says, when you're not listening, the universe will find a way to turn up the volume. And soon enough, those signs will turn up where you don't really have a choice and you're really asked to make a shift or find yourself in a, in a predicament at a crossroads where you're having to make a decision. But if you feel like you're ready for change, you know, asking, answering that question, Steve, um, I would say dive into this book because I provide a lot of case studies and stories of leaders and managers and just individuals I've worked with across the globe in different areas and, and shared how you just show up wherever you are working with what you've done, your past and where you want to go. And I will give you this six-step guide to take you further, to take you beyond. It's going to involve examining your foundation, the roots and the blueprint on which a lot of your behaviors and habits are built upon. And it's going to really enable you to have a much more fulfilling and flourishing future where you know that the steps and path that you're taking is going to fuel you and leave you more satisfied with less questions and more clarity. So I would just say, pick up the book. I provide a very clear guide on how to do this. And it's in a very personal manner where you know you're not alone. You're doing great. Just start with where you are. And I'm 100% behind you. And absolutely, a person needs to get the book in order to get all the six tips and all of the steps. But much like asking you which of your kids is your favorite, um, today, right in this moment, what's kind of your favorite tip that you're giving in the book? Well, I'll have to say one that resonates with me today at this time. And I would say give yourself permission to relax and release and have fun because it's what you need to remember who you are again, to feel good again, and to just be your best for those around you. So get out in nature, kind of get away from your phone, from a lot of the stimulation that we get from our gadgets and have a way to reconnect to yourself so that you can bring back the more refueled you to bring a more creative or fresh outlook on what you're, what you're facing today. Mm. That's tough though, because if we've been go, 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 going, which is normal, um, I have a way for that. Okay. Yeah. So micro breaks, micro breaks. So the key is not waiting until you need to take a long vacation, but taking micro breaks. Um, I have a study that I've showed in there where you can have a little break, uh, as little as maybe a few minutes where you're stretching, moving your legs, or just getting out to get some fresh air. And it's been proven that you're more likely to better focus, make less mistakes, have more patience, and be more creative by taking tiny breaks. Our minds don't need necessarily more stimulation on these breaks. It could be as simple as just giving yourself 30 seconds where you're able to sit back, not engage it, not problem solve, and give it a second to reboot and reset. I have a meditation in there that's only three minutes long and a great link to a YouTube link where you can listen to the thing, the whole thing. It was created just for my book. It's really helped me to get through this book and all of my other endeavors. So 
you don't need to take a vacation to feel like you you can reset. It's really these micro habits and changes that you can make to your day to day that make a huge difference. So don't take a break, meaning step away from the computer, pick up your phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, breaks does not count as let's scroll on our phone, get back to, you know, all of our social media requests and research where we want to go on vacation, all these things. I mean, you can do it if it's relaxing for you, but for the most part, we are so wired for external stimulation. We are so inundated by so much information just by how we're run that we need a break from it. And it means be more in touch with our internal systems, our body's cues to understand what it's really asking and requiring of us to feel better and to do better. And our bodies are constantly speaking to us. You know, it might be as easy as you need to have a bathroom break or have some lunch, have a, have a good meal in you. Um, but it often speaks to us in other ways. And you only can keep that channel open when you are clear of a lot of the chaos and distractions that are around you. And so this is key for leaders constantly having to keep their own sphere of influence and their own plates clear so that their own um, mental capacity is in a better place where they can make good decisions that's not based on fear and desperation, but from creativity and um, from excess ideas. You said something so powerful in there because our bodies do give us signals, but then we don't listen to them. So yeah. we're doing something. I'll give you a perfect example. I, I was doing it today. I was just doing some basic scrolling, looking at some houses, you know, just kind of dreaming, you know? Yeah. And then, and then I started getting stressed. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, what was stressful about it for you? Um, you know, it's more the questions of, well, what about that? You know, what about, and then it's all the questions that come in your mind and then your mind is going, 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 and you're not relaxing anymore. You're working. I mean, it's something, it may not necessarily be work, work, but you're working. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Yeah. You're, tr you're troubleshooting. And so I think this happens to all of us, including myself, you know, looking at houses can be very stressful in terms of even the market that we're in today. Right. And so something that is mentioned in my book is finding a clear way of setting up routines and rituals so that you have a way of being present for what you're doing and you have time and space to address areas that, um, you know, maybe it's looking for a house or figuring out where you want to go on vacation. Because I think oftentimes when we are so short on attention span, we end up trying to feed a lot more into the little time that we have. And as a result, our mind is not able to fully address what we're seeing. And we become very split and distracted and um, feeling like we even have ADD, right? So key here, again, is re-engaging in rituals that are slow and less reactive and more introspective so that we can improve these muscles of being less reactive and overstimulated and constantly feeling like we have to troubleshoot. Otherwise, uh, we're going to be in trouble. So I think just even picking a few things in a day to say, well, I'm going to look at this only after a certain time in the day might help. I know somebody who said she only responds to social media before bed at the end of the day. It's kind of knowing what works with your rhythm and body and helping set those boundaries for yourself. I know it's hard, but it definitely helps. Oh, yeah. I just like it, you know, because it's that concept of learning to listen to your body, you know. I'll give you another great, you'll, you'll get a kick out of this. So I've been playing online Scrabble with my mom. Kind of, oh. you know, it's fun for her and, you know, it's challenging. But Sometimes I have to walk away from it because rather than having fun and interacting with my mom, I get into this competitive, oh no, I'm, you know, down in score. What am I going to do? Kind of it's like, So I, I yeah. totally get what you're talking about. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about how people can work with you. Um, if they want to go deeper on this with you, how can people get in contact with you? 
They can contact me through my website. It's uh, shianchuan.com. It's on my book. And they can read more about my background. And I'm always open for a good conversation or to talk further about what they're looking for. And you work with any leaders or are there specific people that you prefer to work with? It's specifically leaders who are focused on social change, social advocacy. Uh, they might be entrepreneurs or they might be a leader in an organization and they're facing a, a crux in their their career where they feel like they've hit some sort of wall or ceiling and they find that it's either driven by the environment that they're in that are no longer aligning with their values or you know how they feel things should operate or it's an internal change where they feel like they're in a great position but something is bubbling and um you know taking root within themselves that's requiring more thinking and reflection on how they want to build their next vision or how they really want to scale their legacy and their careers so i would say if you're really passionate about what you do you're working really hard but you feel like you've hit some sort of peak and you're looking for support or clarity on what's next and how to build a better future, we can talk and go from there. So I just put the links in both for the book. The book, again, is called Power Your Purpose, A Leader's Guide to Creating a Better Life and a Better World. Um, and, and I put the link in for that. I also put the spelling, Xian uh, Chong. Did I say it right? Xi'an Chuan. Xi'an Chuan. Xi'an Chuan. Okay, I think I got close that time. Yeah. For those that, you know, may be listening or whatever, that's spelled S-H-I-A-N-C-H-U-A-N. So S-H-I-A-N-C-H-U-A-N.com to be able to go deeper with Xi'an. Yeah. Said it right that time, that's didn't right. I? That's right. You got it. <laughs> Yeah. So leave us with um with a little encouragement before we end today. What's uh, some encouraging words you can give people? I would say you're right where you need to be. It's only due to your past that you've kind of realized where you're at or what you want next. And have fun with it. You're supported. You have lots of resources. I'm here for you. And know that anything is achievable or possible. It's simply by starting with where you are and going from good to great or helping you to get through today, feeling proud and good about how you're showing up for yourself and for those that you care about around you. Well, Shein, thanks so much for spending some time with us on the show here today. Thank you so much for your time, Steve, and for this conversation. What will you as a powerful leader do with your powerful purpose? How will you make the difference in this world that only you can make? We're going to take our next commercial break and then we will be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet, kind of feeling go to yourbestsellertoday.com schedule a talk with steve it's risk-free it's guaranteed it's proven we've done it thousands of times what are you waiting for yes yourbestsellertoday.com this time next week you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve reach the people that you came to serve come on now what are you waiting for grab a pen here we go all you got to do is book a call yourbestsellertoday.com go to yourbestsellertoday.com Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. So we've talked about how you can do it and you are posed and ready to be able to 
make use of your powerful purpose. And now we have to talk about that thing that drives us all. That's right, the money. How do we get it? Where do we get it? And how can we make it work best for us? So who better to express this than somebody who does that all day long and even helps angel investors be able to find the money? What a great way for you to be able to thrive. Let's listen in. Join me in welcoming Tim Cooley. Hey, Tim, how are you doing today? Good. How are you doing today, Steve? I am doing great. Thanks for asking. So tell me a little bit about you and what you do in the world. Yeah, so um, I kind of have a couple roles. Uh, my primary role is helping entrepreneurs uh, gain capital to or gain capital to grow their businesses. Um, but in doing that, I also screen deals for a group in Park City called Park City Angels. Uh, so it's one of the most active angel groups in Utah. Um, so that's kind of, I have two roles right there. So you said in your profile that you help entrepreneurs, um, you know, be able to find a way to get funding for themselves. Now, is that for nonprofits or for just any kind of company? Well, so uh, recently I wrote a book on putting together pitch decks um, and it can work for anybody, right? Anybody who's like raising capital. Um, so nonprofits have to go out and kind of do that pitch as well. So pitch to people with wealth um, to grow their ventures as well. So it kind of can work for anybody. So what is somebody, I mean, COVID's been so weird on all of us, right? Yeah. Um, what is somebody who's looking to raise capital? What's something new that's happened over the course of this last year or even last couple of months in, you know, in the getting funding for your company? I think one of the biggest things that has happened is a lot more groups have gone virtual. I mean, obviously, um, we're virtual. Um, so, but that's happening also in the fundraising, which is great because it's actually extending the reach of um, companies we're hearing about, you know, so no more are people in Florida being, you know, left out from people in California, even though people still want local deals, they're still looking for like even a broader range of locality. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. It does. Um, and you said your book is called The Pitch Deck Book. Is that, that correct? That's correct. Yes. All right. Um, what are you hoping people take away from reading the book? I think one of the biggest misconceptions from entrepreneurs is that, you know, we don't ask for help. And so getting someone to review a deck like this, it's so important. Um, I would say, you know, well, less than 1% of people get funded through venture capital anyway. And so when people get on and they go and read all these tutorials and things on putting together pitch decks, they think they know what they're doing. And I think they should go out and ask help, even though my book is a great resource. Um, I think it helps you get the story element of presenting. You know, I think getting help is another thing that I wish people would do more. In what areas do they need the most help with in actually creating the pitch deck or more in after it's created, knowing how and where to present it? Yeah, so I would say the first part is actually knowing how to present the problem itself. Um, like the book talks about this. It's it's interesting. So, you know, I'm sure you've heard lots of entrepreneurs over the years and the, it's this opposite storytelling. So we go, we're so focused on the solution, right? Like, hey, I built this really cool thing, you know, like, it, you know, go buy it. Um, and we, we forget to focus that that solution is the opposite to a problem. Um, so for example, like, you know, I'm really tired of holding water in my hands. Um, and so you're like, well, what would be a solution to that? Maybe a cup or a bowl or something like that. And so if you were just to say like, oh, my bowl is like, it's blue and it spins in circles and it does all these things, but that core functionality of it holding something is still very necessary in um, any kind of business, right? This problem solving. Mm, that makes so much sense. Yeah, it's funny. It's one of those things. It's like super simple when you've figured it out, but getting to that, it can be very, very complex. Like sometimes I say, you know, go out and talk to a, a six-year-old. They'll tell you what your business is. <laughs> hmm, that makes sense. I think a lot of times we try to overcomplicate all of it or find some kind of new way to do something that is pretty much the way that it's been being done. <laughs> well, that's true. And I think like people don't realize like 
all of the problems we have are being solved already. You know, they may not be efficient. Um, they may be expensive. So you're looking at a way of solving that problem differently than the person is already doing it. What if it feels like you are doing exactly what everybody else is doing? I mean, I always think of like, for example, a tax, you know, a, a tax filer, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. it feels like at least, and I've heard a lot of them even say it, that, you know, it's pretty much the same thing. There isn't a whole lot of nuances. You got to fill out a lot of person's taxes. Um, how do you help a person discover what is that special feature about themselves? Well, there's two things in that. There's a, there's a concept called economic value. Um, so actually, this is my second book. The first book I wrote was called Find Your Killer Idea. Um, but it talks a lot about value creation. And so um, one value creation is, is economics, meaning location. Um, you, can, you can save people time, you can save people money, but there's this geographical component as well. And there's trust, right? So um, I'm selling myself, let's assume I'm an accountant. Um, I'm really good at it, you know? I don't know what other people do, but you're getting the best because you're hiring me and nobody else can be me. And I think a lot of people forget that that, that is a value um, added to that other problem, right? Like this tax problem, right? So the tax problem is very, let's say commoditized but they're getting me as a human. You know what I mean? Mm, yes, absolutely. Um, so specifically, what kind of people do you like working with? What, if you could order your perfect client, who would they be? So my perfect client would be somebody who um, is coachable, right? So somebody who recognizes they don't have all the answers and is willing to kind of brainstorm. There's a book, uh, Creativity Inc. I'm not sure if you're aware of that, but they uh, talk about the process of Pixar and nobody's right, nobody's wrong and someone makes a decision. And I love that mentality of like, hey, look, I'm gonna come with my ideas. You come with your ideas and together we're gonna make something that's so much better than either one of us could have done um, in a vacuum. Mm, I like that. Empowering people versus whatever the other end of not empowering people. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's that like, I'm right. And it's like, so am I, <laughs> you know, like, and then now you're just fighting versus like, well, these are just ideas, you know? Mm, absolutely. So how many, I mean, are people really still getting uh, people to invest in them with everything that's that's going on economically in the world today? Yeah, it's surprising. So um, venture capital went through the roof during COVID. Um, I think what ended up happening, and I was on a panel a couple of weeks ago talking about this, where interest rates are so low. Um, so investors have a ton of capital that's not getting the returns they want, you know, less than, you know, 3% or whatever it is currently. Um, so they're looking for other investment opportunities. And since the stock market's gone kind of crazy, no one's really trying to, you know, make bets there. And so they're looking at other opportunities and, you know, investing in people um, seems to be the highest return right now versus the other traditional uh, markets. Now, back in the day, 1999, just before the 2000.com crash, um, we were in an economic time that, uh, you know, if one out of 10 hit, it was worth it to lose on 10 others. Um, are people more looking for something that is pretty sure to succeed right now? Or are they kind of back in the, you know, if I invest in enough of them, some of them will work? Uh, obviously, it's who you talk to. But it, uh, if you look at it from a venture capital point of view, they're still in that one out of 10 mentality. Uh, one's gonna go gangbusters. Three are gonna return your money plus a little bit. Um, about three will maybe break even and then three are basically done. And that's still pretty consistent from a portfolio perspective. Mm, wow. But that, 
but that doesn't mean that like, so that's like on the VC side, the angels probably see the same type of return, but they're trying to get in earlier, right? Like they want to see a huge, huge return um, because they're making the most risky return or I mean investment. I know you covered this a little bit uh, before, but I'd like to come back to it more. Um, somebody who knows no one that could be an angel investor, how would they even find the right community to begin to get into and then start going down that road? Yeah, so that's a great question. So there are so many entrepreneur ecosystems in different cities. So I'm in Salt Lake City, for example. Um, Salt Lake City is beautiful because we're fairly flat as far as like a hierarchy of people is concerned. Um, so for example, I meet with any Utah-based entrepreneur who wants to raise capital. Um, I'm not sure how other groups do it, but um, I think that that's a, a great resource for people here because it is kind of hard to find these people. Um, but if you go to the entrepreneur events and you go to the um, things that are happening in the startup ecosystem, you're typically one person away from many. Um, and I think like people like me are always looking for deals. So, you know, we struggle finding good opportunities because the other people are out there and they're kind of hidden. So for a person that wants to go down that road, um, what paperwork, conversation, what have you, should they have ready before they just show up at, a, you know, at one of those uh, meetings? <laughs> yeah, totally. So here, here's what I would recommend. So anybody going out and looking for capital, um, have your story dialed, right? So, I mean, that my whole book is about how to present your, your business once you get to the investor, but there's kind of three or four elements that you need before that. One is a one pager. So if you have, don't bring this with you, but you need a one page summary of what you're doing that's very formatted. Um, you need another, like a paragraph. So if someone was to like uh, say, send me a little bit information about you, you know, you have that one paragraph that's pretty dialed um, about the business. And then you need to have that one liner um, that's like, this is what I do, right? And we've all been in that conversation when someone's like, I make flying cars. And you're like, you do? Like, it should be that simple. Like, and, and be able to spark interest in just, you know, I, I say less than 12 words. Yeah, I'd like to meet the guy that makes flying cars yeah, too. That'd be too. cool. Huh? <laughs> that guy. But you know what I'm saying? Like, there's that, like, there's that feeling when someone tells you, like, when they're like, oh, I'm accountant. And you're like, okay, cool, you're an accountant. You're like, no, I, you know, I help people make more money. And you're like, how? Right? Like, you're like, oh, by doing accounting services. And they're like, oh, well, that's cool. You know, the, there's different ways of communicating that thing that you do. Um, I think having those before you go out or, or practicing them as you're going out is even better sometimes. And where or when maybe is even a better way of saying it, uh, do you like a person to be at before they then want to engage with you to help them, you know, get their stuff ready to go or ask you to invest in them? the earlier, the better. So, um, you know, like we now we we're, we're, we're talking. So now I know you, right. Um, you're not pitching me today. I'm not pitching you today, but let's say for example, in a week or two, you already know what I do. So you can come and ask me for advice. And that goes a really long way in relationship development. Um, and as you're going out and developing those relationships, when you want to start, you want to start asking for money, when your company's in the growth phase. And that doesn't mean like you, you wanna be making sales and all those things, but like when you can show like some traction that's pointing you up and to the right, like, man, this, we're doing stuff, we're growing. That's when you wanna be raising capital and having much more conversations about it uh, versus, oh my gosh, we're like three paychecks away from nobody having any money. Um, and I was like, if you were to, you know, be investing yourself, would you want to invest in somebody who's like falling apart or who's kind of building, you know? Um, so it's like thinking about it at that mindset. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. So for somebody who wants to go deeper with you, how do they get in contact with you? Yeah, so the best way to, you, anybody can reach out to me. Um, my website is Tim L. Cooley. 
uh, com, and then they can reach out to me directly from there. T-I-M-L-C-O-L-L-E-Y dot com. B-O-O-L-E-Y.com. Okay, T-I-M-L-C-O-O-L-E-Y dot com. Correct. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, um, for somebody who feels like they can't raise and they're just never going to get anybody to invest in them, uh, give us a couple of words of encouragement here at the end. So keep going. Um, that's it, you, it. Oh, how do I say this? You got to keep pushing through. Every no is an opportunity to prove somebody else wrong. Um, and I think that those are the that's the grit people want to see. And the reality is, is you might pitch to 100 people. It only takes one. So go to the 101st. Um, you know, raising capital is a grind. It takes up all your time. But, you know, keep pushing through it. Make sure you're focusing on growing the business first. And the raising capital becomes kind of a secondary thing um, because your business comes first. Love it. Well, Tim, I appreciate so much you being on the show here with us today. All right. Well, thank you, Steve. This has been awesome. All of the things you need, the understanding of your purpose, the mindset to say that, yes, you can do it. And then lastly, of course, the funding and the financing to make that purpose that you have in this world come alive, be financed, and really show up. What a powerful way for you to live out your powerful purpose in the world. To say to life, yes, I can do it. And to live as a thriving entrepreneur. Because here's what I know. I tell it to you every week. You are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose. And the world needs you. I hope that you know that about yourself, that you understand it, and that if there was any questions in your mind as to whether or not there was a purpose and a plan for you, that you see very clearly now, absolutely, there is a reason why I'm on this planet. There's none of us that were put here to try to keep the carbon dioxide to oxygen balance going. No, there's so much more that God has for you that life is going to bring into your life and allow you to thrive, to shine, to be amazing and powerful just simply by being you. And that's the biggest thing in the whole world. I want you to understand it's not a great big giant weight on you. It's just purely taking today and being who you are, the best you that you can be right here, right now, where you are today. That, more than anything else, is how you can thrive as an entrepreneur and live every day of your life as a thriving entrepreneur. I hope that until we're together again next time, you have an amazing week that you feel happy, safe, warm and loved, that you know you're blessed, and that you will make the difference that only you can make in this world because you are so special and the world really truly does need you. So on behalf of the whole world, thank you in advance for all that you're going to do this week, all the amazing stuff as you show up every day as a thriving entrepreneur. Until next time, have a great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. who's on a mission stand out with your brand out <laughs> check this out guys yep everything's marketing and marketing is everything your existing book can become a best-selling book or even hey like mine a number one international best-selling book in five days listen if your business isn't known by everybody it's obscurity and that's death right the same thing is true for your book if you're not happy with the way your book is performing you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling Go to yourbestsellertoday.com, schedule a talk with Steve,
believe. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. You